Episode 76, The 10 Habits That Help Me Amplify My Life. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all the amazing messages over the last week. Our last episode with Jim Fortin was apparently a game changer. I received so many Instagram comments, DMs, Facebook messages, private emails, and you've told me how this episode has absolutely been a game changer for you. And I could spend 15 minutes reading feedback, but what I will do is uh, share the most recent comment that I got from Ashley Jones AZ. This came in on Instagram just before we started taping today. She says, if you've never listened to podcasts, make this your first. If you love them, listen, listen, listen. Dan Mason and Jim Fortin, this episode hits home on so many amazing topics. Get ready to take a real look at your subconscious identity, who you are, why you're that way, and if you want some kind of change, how to do it. Dan, many of your episodes are mind-blowing, but this one takes the cake. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, thank you, Ashley, and thank you to everybody who wrote in. And out of all the messages that I've seen and heard over the past seven days or so, there were two big takeaways that seemed to resonate the most. Number one, the circumstances of our lives are simply a reflection of our subconscious identity. Our reality is just our identity manifested. And number two, that subconscious identity is shaped by our habits. And my intention for this week is to give you three simple things that you can do right now to build better habits that work for you. Plus, I'll give you the blueprint. I'll give you the 10 habits that have really moved me forward and helped me amplify my life over the last seven years. Now, if you've been here with me since the beginning or you've listened to the intro of the podcast, you know in 2012, my life was very different than it is today. Overweight, depressed, suffering from anxiety, borderline suicidal, unfulfilled in my career, getting divorced at rock bottom pretty much in every area of my life. And when I look at the habits that I had at that point, they were reflective of a man who couldn't get momentum going in any area. I would be the guy who was in bed till one o'clock, screwing around on the internet or looking at social media. I was the guy who would hit the snooze button four times in the morning and get out of bed at the last possible moment to get into the office. And part of that would be in a rush. So I'd pull through McDonald's for breakfast and feed myself an Egg McMuffin and a hash brown, which while those are delicious, uh, they certainly weren't helping me with my health goals. I was a guy that just dove into my email first thing in the morning and started putting out fires for other people at work without even so much of a thought of how I wanted to feel or how I wanted to show up in the world that day. I was a guy who was chasing toxic people and toxic relationships over valuing my own purpose. I wasn't even doing any of the personal development work to educate and improve my life. So what changed over the last seven years? How did I leave behind a career that no longer served me and build a passion-filled business? How did I make more money in 2018 than I ever did in a corporate career? How is it that I've moved and created my dream life on the beach with total freedom over my time, my finances, and just my life? 
I had to develop new habits to get me there. So coming up this week, I want to clue you in on some of the things that I use. I will warn you, a a few of these habits might seem weird to you. It might be a little too woo-woo. And I'm not advocating that you take all 10 of these habits I'm sharing and implement them into your life. But I'm hoping that you'll try out one or two. That you'll take them on and just try them on like you would some clothes in a fitting room. And that it inspires you to really figure out the right set of habits that will get you going. Because there is no universal blueprint for which habits will give you an amplified life. You know, when I look at other successful people, Mark Cuban, for instance, says he immediately rolls out of bed and dives straight into work. He gets into his work email first thing in the morning. For me, I can't fathom doing that. There's other people that tell you, you got to be up by 4.30 a.m. and get a head start on the day. Yet Warren Buffett, you know, worth $77 billion, gets out of bed at 6.45. And he starts the day reading the Wall Street Journal. That's his morning habit. So there is nothing here that I'm sharing with you in terms of my routines that are the gospel, but I want you just to take this for what it's worth. It's helped me. If you've been a fan of this podcast and you admire the stuff that I'm putting out into the world, maybe you can take some of this and use it for yourself. But moreover, I want to give you the structure that's going to help you build the right habits in your life starting right now today. So we're going to get into that coming up in just a few moments. However, one of the other things I wanted to do for some podcast housekeeping is let you know I've been talking with my team and you know we do this listener of the week and we ask you to share your comments on Instagram or screenshot the podcast and upload it. But one of the things that really help get this podcast in front of more people and get this message to be heard in a bigger way in the world is your reviews. And I hate to be the guy who's on here fishing for reviews. However, I do have a mission here to inspire 100 million people globally to get them to overcome that conditioning of corporate America so they can create their own amplified career in life. And the reviews are what help with the algorithm up on Apple. So here is the proposal that I have for you today. I'm starting a contest for the next five weeks. I'm asking you if you've enjoyed any of the episodes, if what we're putting out each week is impacting your life, if it's helping you get closer to your purpose or helping you live uh, more consciously and mindfully, I would ask that you please leave a review, an honest one. You don't have to kiss my butt. If you think this podcast sucks, you can certainly tell people that too. But leave an honest review. And then before you click submit, screenshot your review and email it directly to me, Dan at creativesoulcoaching.net. I'm going to do two things. For every review that I get, I'm going to make a $15 donation to Feeding America. And each $15 donation is going to help feed 165 hungry people. So that in and of itself is awesome. But I'm also going to take all the people who submit a review and I'll put you in a grand prize drawing and you'll get your choice of a new pair of AirPods that you can use to listen to this podcast on the go anywhere. Or I will give you a Amazon gift card so you can make the purchase for that thing that you need that's going to help you amplify your life. So that is what I would ask. Submit a review before you click send on it. Screenshot it. Send it to me, Dan at Creative Soul coaching.net. We're going to do this through the month of September and announce our grand prize winner on the first episode of October. Super excited for that. I thank you so much for being part of this community and your feedback will help us spread the word and get the podcast in front of more people. All that being said, 
If you loved the episode last week and you are ready to change your identity to create that amplified life, I'm going to share with you the 10 habits that have helped me create it for myself. It's all coming up this week on Life Amplified. Let's be honest, it is difficult to build good habits. And it's especially true if you're trying to create something that you're going to stick with in the long term. And that is why there are a few simple strategies from a book that uh, Jim Fortin mentioned last week on the podcast, Atomic Habits by James Clear. There are three strategies that help you build good habits and break bad ones. Now, these are not the gospel. These aren't the only way to do it, but they're three of the easiest and most effective ways that I can share with you today. Number one, you want to start with a habit that is so easy, it's impossible for you to say no to it. You know, we've got to build momentum and consistency, and it doesn't matter how well you perform on an individual day. You know, an amplified life is the product of sustainable effort over the long run. So start with something simple. If you want to build an exercise habit, can you start out with just exercising three minutes in the morning? And that's almost like laughable. I get it. But start out with something totally small. If you want to write the next great American novel. Can you start with 100 words a day to write? And then you can start to build from there. You know, you could even just start with writing five sentences and doing that and gradually adding on. Healthy eating in my life, you know, a place where I've struggled is in my diet and nutrition. And I've made some amazing strides in this over the last five weeks. But for me, I started out with saying, I'm just going to cut all sugar out of my diet one day a week. And, you know, building up that success And then you can start to increasingly, in small increments, add on. You know, a lot of times we get into these things where like, oh my God, I need to lose 50 pounds. I want to quit smoking. I've got to quit drinking. I've got to find the next career. And all these things pile up and it can feel so overwhelming that we never get started. So it's about setting yourself up for a win and knowing that just doing something once a week isn't going to change your life. You know, if you go to the gym one day out of seven, it's going to be hard to get the results. So we want to make this last over the long run, start easy and build in in increments. The second tip that's going to help you make the success sustainable is to take some time, work with a coach or mentor to understand exactly what is holding you back. I've used myself in the past as an example. I am a person that was really resistant to structure and building habits. For me, having too much structure equaled this complete loss of freedom. I was like, oh, I'll figure it out. I got to be in the moment. I got to fly by the seat of my pants. And here's the thing that was underneath this belief as I worked with my coaches uh, was a sense of defiance. You know, one of the things I've learned about myself, and this was totally true back in my corporate days, one of the easiest ways to make sure that I didn't do something was to tell me that I had to do it. Because then it almost became like giving a middle finger. I'd be like, screw you, watch me not do this thing. But underneath the defiance was fear, quite honestly, because the people growing up who put the structure into my life, the people who were responsible for creating structure for me when I was a child didn't do a very good job of helping me to feel safe. So there was a little part of me that almost equated, you know, it rules with being loss of control. And I see this with so many of the clients that I coach today. And it's a blind spot. 
I was never able to make this connection on my own. So coaching and mentorship helps you break through. I just had an amazing breakthrough with one of my VIP clients this morning. And this guy is a very high performer, owns his own business, makes a great living, employs a lot of people. But the one area where he was struggling to make a change was in his health. He would always go to bed with the best intentions to wake up at 6 a.m. and work out. But when the time came and that alarm went off, he's like, oh, what could be more secure than laying here in my bed with my dog and with my wife. There was a tremendous sense of security. And as we got curious and did the deeper work, what we realized is growing up, he never had that sense of security. You know, the family had a lot of kids. He was the only boy with several sisters. The sisters got the bedroom. He had to sleep every night on a pullout couch, sort of separated and not having a a place that was his own. So as an adult, This idea of getting out of bed in the morning, it was almost that loss of security, you know, because laying in bed, being with the wife, being with the dog gave him, it filled this emotional need that had been missing. And once we made that connection, we were really start to able to put some systems and some goals in place that would help him still meet the need for security. And what better way to meet a need for security than taking care of your health and making sure that you're going to be around long enough uh, to spend time with the people that you love. You know, it was a huge breakthrough this morning. And again, we all have these psychological blind spots and we don't see them unless we have the perspective of somebody, uh, a coach on the outside, because so often the stories that we have just become our identity. Oh, you know, I'm resistant to structure or I'm an introvert or I'm big boned or I have bad genetics, so I'll never have the body that I want. We can so live at the story, but the story becomes the identity. And if we want to change it, it's going to be about the action that we're taking. So get some mentorship to see what the core reason is. What is the root cause of you being stuck in the area where things aren't working for you? And the third step, according to James Clear, about making these habits stick is you got to develop a plan for when you fail. (laughs) How many people listening right now, you know, you grew up with this mindset, you've somehow taken on a false belief that to get it wrong makes you less than or that you are wrong if you fail. And the thing is, failure is a completely made up construct. It doesn't even exist. You know, failure is only when you resign yourself to giving up and not continuing to pursue the thing that you're after. Everything before that is just a setback that is helping you learn, that's forcing you to grow and become more so that you can really grow into the person who's worthy of achieving the goal that you seek. So you've got to have a plan to overcome the self-judgment, the guilt that comes up, and focus on getting back on track as quickly as possible. That's been one of the biggest things having mentorship in my life is the things that would have knocked me off track and just made me give up on a goal forever. You know, I fall off track for a day or two, but I'm able to climb back on the horse and continue the journey. I read a great quote from a Harvard psychologist, and this completely landed for me. I wanted to share it with you. He says, most of us are waiting to feel a certain way before we take action. We have to feel competent before we go after our dream job or launch a new business. We need to feel worthy before we put ourselves out there for love after heartbreak. But he says, we can't feel our way into action. It's only through taking action that we create the feeling. Confidence is the byproduct of taking action and building competency in the thing that you desire and gaining that new skill. 
And this is the case with your habits, right? If you want to get in better shape and you start out every day working out, you know, three minutes a day, then bump it up to five, and then you bump it up to 15, 20 minutes, you start to increase a little more confidence and pride in yourself that you're showing up. And then it gives you the juice to push yourself a little further. You know, that three-minute workout becomes a 30-minute workout in no time. Then it might become a full hour as you start to see the results. Mindset when it comes to habits is everything. I think mindset is everything no matter what it is you're trying to create. But falling on your face doesn't make you a failure. That's what makes you normal. The thing that separates the very top performers from those who are struggling is your ability to have resilience and get back on track quickly. It's another place coaching or mentorship makes all the difference for you. So what are the habits in my life that have helped me go from the guy who's 40 pounds overweight and a soul-sucking job to feeling passionate and alive and engaged in my dream business and living my dream life on the water here in California? A lot of people in personal development pay lip service to the idea of having great morning habits. Louise Hay, uh, the founder of Hay House Publishers, she was the one who famously said how you start your day is how you live your day. How you live your day is how you live your life. And I am all for morning habits, and I'm going to share some of the specific things I implement into my life in the morning that really make a difference. But I will tell you, the quality of my morning is directly proportional to the nighttime habits that I implement the night before. First and foremost, sleep. For me, I am in bed by 9.45 every night. And a lot of times, if I don't have plans on the weekends, I'm in bed by 9.45 on the weekends because it's important for me to keep a consistent sleep schedule. That's what helps the body develop a consistent circadian rhythm, which is just that natural energy flow in your life. Now, it doesn't mean I'm asleep by 9.45 because I'll spend time journaling, I'll spend time meditating, but for me, it is absolutely lights out no later than 10.15, 10.30-ish because my body naturally wakes up on its own. I don't use an alarm clock anymore. I'm up no later than 5.45, but usually closer to 5.15 in the morning. Another important point that I want to bring up is when your body is waking up before the alarm, generally it means that you are 100% charged and you're ready to start the day. You don't want to throw things off by waking up before the alarm and being like, oh God, you know, I can sleep another 25 minutes. Uh, and unless you're the person who just had a restless night and you didn't fall asleep consistently through the night, when your body wakes up before the alarm, use that time to your advantage. And there are many people that I talk to, and I've seen this in some Instagram messages lately where people are like, Dan, you don't have kids. You don't understand the struggle of parents. And, you know, while I did have the privilege to be a step parent for a period of time in my life back during my marriage and and that relationship, uh, you're right. I do not have kids right now. And here's the thing. If your kids are up and they're sick and they're vomiting through the night the night before and you have to take care of them, I understand You have got to be there. You've got to be a parent. That has to be a priority. But how many nights are you not getting sleep because your kids are sick versus the nights you're not getting sleep because you're on your phone, because you're sitting on your laptop, because you're screwing around on social media? Let's get real about what the actual barrier is that's getting in the way for you. Because if your kids are out of bed at 6.45 in the morning and you're waking up at the same time as them and you're in the business of, you know, getting them breakfast and getting them dressed and fed and off to school, you're already in that place of taking care of everyone else before yourself. 
yourself. I would urge you for the next seven days, could you get up an hour before everybody else in the family? Could you force yourself to get to bed earlier and also wake up earlier? Because that one hour a day, that is like the 25th hour. For those of you who are saying I have no time, generally what you mean is I don't have undistracted time. And you wake up refreshed. This is when your brain is most alert, when you most have the highest ability for problem solving. This is a great time for you to take care of yourself in the morning in whichever way makes sense for you. Now, for me, uh, here are the things that I do in the morning. I usually wake up and I just lay in bed, focus on my breathing. I get really connected to my breath and I execute a gratitude practice. I will start giving gratitude for the things in my life and not just the obvious stuff. I think a lot of people just make this gratitude practice something else on the to-do list. So it's like, I don't know, like, I'm just grateful for my family. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head. All right, is this shit over? Can I get a bung the day? Really challenging yourself to be grateful for the small things in life. Maybe the way that your child looked and smiled at you the night before, that uh, somebody treated you with kindness when you were in line at the grocery store and they let you go ahead of them uh, because you had 10 items and they had a cart full. You know, not that in and of itself that's a game changer, but it's a thing you can be grateful for and a reminder that there is kindness in the world because you certainly wouldn't know that if you watched any of the news headlines these days. I'll talk about how I just refuse to watch the news. That's actually one of the habits for me. I've cut that time and and that rabbit hole out of my life. But a morning gratitude practice, very important. And for me, I just like to lay there. My dog comes and snuggles with me in the morning and that gratitude practice is everything. Now, the next set of things that I institute in the morning uh, are going to be a little woo-woo. And for some of you, you might eye roll at this. And the thing is, uh, one of the great pieces of feedback I got on the podcast recently, and I've heard this from more than one person, that you're like, Dan, I like the fact that you're kind of into like the woo-woo spiritual stuff but you also give like practical, rational action steps. So that's me. I don't look at myself as a woo-woo person. I just sort of joke that I am woo compliant. (laughs) So these are some things that I include in my life that might seem weird to you. And that's cool. You don't have to use any of them, but I would encourage you just to give it a try. One of the things that I do is I burn some Palo Santo in the morning. You've heard of people who burn sage a lot as a way to clear bad energy. And I definitely have a smudge stick and I use it on occasion. For me personally, I just feel more of an energetic shift when I burn Palo Santo. Like I'll feel like the tingle down my spine. I feel like there is a shift within me and I find it to be a much more pleasant smell than sage. That's just me personally, but I do like to sort of clear that energy in the bedroom in the morning because the next thing that I do is I will get up and I pull an oracle card from a deck. You know, you might have seen these angel cards, oracle cards. You know, there are ways that you can sort of connect to some divine intelligence and you pull a card that gives you some feedback or a message that you need to hear for that day. In fact, earlier this morning, I pulled a card that was really urging me to explore my options and look for creative solutions to problems and challenges that I'm facing. It's part of why I talk with my team and we instituted this plan for the AirPod giveaway for your reviews for the podcast. 
podcast and talked about making donations to Feeding America as a way to inspire more people uh, to take a couple minutes out of their day to write the reviews so it helps us with the algorithm. Up until now, I had been doing some separate stuff, you know, to really promote the podcast virally in a cost-effective way, but we weren't getting any more results with that. So in this morning's meditation is when I came up with this idea and we're implementing it right now. Uh, But what I like to do is take whatever message is on that Oracle card and I will meditate on that in my morning meditation. Uh, You know, so that will be usually a a good anywhere between 10 to 20 minutes that I will meditate in the morning. Again, if you're a person who's pressed for time or if meditation is not your jam, you know, for some people, they're like, Dan, calming my mind and closing my eyes, that's enough just to give me anxiety. So start with meditating for two minutes and work your way up from there. Some of the stuff I'm giving you is just spiritual stuff that works for me. There's no proven science that says Sage or Palo Santo does anything, right? Uh, Pulling an oracle card. There's no research or science. It's just something that personally works for me. Meditation, this is why so many corporations are embracing it. It's why you see so many of those companies in Silicon Valley instituting meditation and yoga studios on premises because it just helps you be more effective throughout the day. From there, after my meditation... I do some journaling. And this is a very specific practice that I've cultivated that works for me uh, because I believe everything is about intention. We have got to have an intention for not just what we want to do for the day, but how do we want to show up? Who do we want to be? Each morning in my journal, I write down three words that I want to be in the world that day. I know as a matter of fact, this morning I wrote that I wanted to be abundant, that I wanted to be happy. And then I wanted to be surrendered, meaning that, you know, I have intentions with my goals, but I'm also surrendered to better solutions from a divine intelligence uh, that sees a better plan for myself, even that I do. So those were my three words that I wanted to show up as. And, and they're different every day, by the way. And the second thing that I write in my journal in the morning is I set an intention for how I want to feel at the end of the day. Because if my intention is to feel peaceful or relaxed at the end of the day, I know that that's probably not the day for me to squeeze seven more things on my to-do list. If I want to feel excited, if I want to feel proud of myself, that's a day where I'll push myself to challenge a little bit more. And what's remarkable is in the time that I've really been instituting this practice is how many times I'll be like talking to a friend like later in the evening and I'll say like something about how I'm feeling. And then I remember I'm like, oh my God, that was the thing that I set the intention for earlier today. So I'll write down uh, those three words that I want to show up as and then the word that I want to feel at the end of the day. Also, I will write down my goals every single morning. I will write down the five biggest goals in front of me and I write them as if they've already happened. A lot of times when we're manifesting, if you're using the words, I will, or one day I will create this, the universe doesn't recognize that. It really recognizes the present tense. So I write these things as if they've already happened. I say, I declare blank results. You know, if I'm setting an income goal for the month or I declare, you know, X amount of downloads on the podcast, you know, for how I want to grow our audience moving forward. 
So use some variations on that about I accept now or I call forth now or I declare it now. You know, the universe, when we're manifesting, only understands the language of abundance and you just have to call that in. So I write my goals in the positive and present tense. And then the last thing that I do is I usually write three to five intentions for the day. So these will be the action steps that I want to take that are going to help me achieve those goals faster. So this is a process. It shouldn't take any longer than five to 10 minutes for you in the morning, but you got to lead with intention. You have to decide what are the biggest things that you're working toward. And then also what are the action steps, the smallest ones that are going to move me forward and help me create that the fastest. Another habit that has really helped me free up time, you know, you've heard me talk about this, is about outsourcing and delegating the things that you hate to do. You know, whatever those things are that eat up time out of your schedule each week, how can you outsource it to somebody else? For me, I've talked in the past, I hate cleaning which is why I will invest in a good housekeeper. I don't mind doing laundry now that I have in-unit washer dryers, so I have no longer outsourced that. That's something I'm doing on my own, but I hate cooking. I hate cooking. It's not fun for me to cook for one person, and there's better things that I would rather be doing with my time to live my purpose and to serve my clients. So I have taken on, and this is not a paid endorsement. I'm not a brand ambassador. I'm getting no kickbacks on this. I signed up with Freshly. I'm using that company. You can look them up online. Freshly, F-R-E-S-H-L-Y. But they do a lot of pre-prepared, chef-prepared meals that are generally all under 500 calories. They are portion controlled. They show up at my house once a week. I pay about $107 for 12 meals a week. So that gets me all my lunches and dinners through the week. And they're reasonably tasty. Like, they're pretty good, you know, and there's a few in particular that I really like. And the other piece that I've started to do, because, you know, as much as I was working out, I'm the person nutritionally who's a bit of a grazer. You know, I'll eat a handful of something here, eat like the 100 calorie pack of something over here. And it's a lot of those hidden calories that add up throughout the day. I put in another form of accountability into my life, which is the MyFitnessPal app. Again, this is just something I'm using. I am not a paid endorser for this product. Under Armour created the app and it allows you to keep track of all the calories that you eat throughout the day. And the good thing is, is a lot of your favorite meals at the restaurants that you pull through are already locked in. They have all the nutritional values. So when I enter my Freshly meal, they know how many calories, how many grams of fat, how many carbs that I've eaten, and it holds me accountable to hit my target every day. And in the five weeks that I have been using this app to count calories and also getting the freshly portion controlled meals, I've dropped eight pounds in five weeks, which I've been really, really excited about. You know, I'm halfway to my weight loss goal in five weeks. And this was after struggling and joining a gym and working out, killing myself to the point where I actually haven't worked out in a month because I hurt the meniscus in my knee, but not seeing the results. So, you know, you got to have those forms of feedback and accountability to hold you accountable. This is, again, coaching, mentorship, or, you know, in fitness, an app like MyFitnessPal is a game changer. Now, if you're a person who genuinely loves cooking, God bless you. I can't relate to that at all. But, you know, you can do that on your own, but really finding what are the other things that you can outsource or automate. When I lived in New York City and I didn't want to go up and down three flights of stairs with my laundry basket, I would just send my laundry out 
and have it professionally done. So I could get all my laundry washed, folded, dried, and nice plastic baggies for about 26 bucks a week. And that saved me the time of hauling things to a laundromat or doing things otherwise. But find those things that eat up time out of your schedule, outsource it, and then take that energy and the time you've created and put it toward the thing that you're working towards, you know, whether it be in your career, your purpose, uh, or your physical fitness. Here are some other habits that are working for me in a big way. I do not use the television. My TV is on less than an hour a week. And I'm still paying for cable only because NFL season's coming up and I will give myself NFL Sunday uh, just to hang out. And that's a day for me to recharge and it's something that I genuinely love. But I do not watch the news. I do not waste time on Netflix or network TV shows uh, because there's other things that I'd rather be doing. I'd rather watch content that is feeding my mind, that is helping me grow, that is helping me advance my own personal development. It's more time that I can dedicate to reading books or checking out audiobooks or taking an online course if I need to. You know, I've said this before on the podcast that in 2018, I grew my business by a multiple of six. And one of the biggest reasons I attribute it to is I completely cut TV out of my life. It was the most liberating thing ever. No mindless reality shows. You know, I used to be the guy back in my radio career that would sit and watch things like The Bachelor or remember Here Comes Honey Boo Boo back in the day. That was one. The Kardashians. I would watch these things because I told myself, well, I need to talk about it on the radio. But it was really just a way to numb out and keep myself from finding the time to do the things that I wanted. Uh, So cutting all that out of my life totally helped me move myself forward. I also do not consume the news. I do not watch, you know, any of the mainstream cable channels because to me, that's not even news. That's people's opinions masquerading as fact more often than not. There are a couple online outlets that I check out once a day uh, where I get what I believe is an objective reporting of the events going on so that I can make my own decisions. I'm not telling you to not be an informed citizen, but I'm also telling you there's no benefit in feeding into the negativity machine because one of the big mantras in the media is if it bleeds, it leads. So they're giving you all the negativity that's out there. They're giving you all the fear because that increases ratings. You know, they know that people are more motivated by fear than they are by joy. So they got to give you something else to keep you scared. Another habit that has helped me amplify my life is I curate my news feeds so carefully. You know, the mute and unfollow button on Twitter Facebook, the unfollow button on Instagram is a lifesaver. You know, I'm only feeding in uh, things into my newsfeed that are going to lift me up and inspire me. I have no time for the people who just want to create endless arguments and spread hate and argue back and forth uh, with people thinking that, you know, their Facebook opinion is going to be the one to change somebody's political mind. I don't want to engage with that. And it's not that I'm not out here focused on how to make the world a better place, but I know Facebook isn't the place that I'm going to do it. So I still use social media. I use it a lot in my business. You can follow me on Facebook, by the way, if you want to see some coaching videos and see some of the blogs and some of the content that I'm sharing up there. You can follow me on Instagram, but I just have no patience for the things that aren't contributing to me feeling positive and uplifted in the world. 
One final habit that I do believe is a game changer if you want to have an amplified life, making time for real relationships. And I'm not talking about just going back and forth on Facebook Messenger with your friends or commenting on their status or text messaging. My best friend and I usually have a FaceTime date once a day where we check in and we're able to support each other and we're able to share things about our lives. The statistics on loneliness right now it's the highest it's ever been. You know, we're people who crave connection. We are more connected than ever, and we're also less connected than ever. So for me, it is so important to take the most important relationships in my life and truly make time to see how they're doing, not just assuming I know how they're doing because I saw their status update or I looked at their Instagram stories. And making sure that those are people, by the way, who are creating support and positivity in your life. Don't schedule the FaceTime date with the friend who's always negative, who's always miserable, and they're looking for you to emotionally regulate them all the time, and they don't give back to you. We've all got the energy vampire friends. So I would really urge you that co-regulation is everything. It helps us come out of isolation. It helps us feel more connected, but you also want to feel connected to the right people. And we'll wrap it up, actually, just the nighttime routine for me. Again, a lot of journaling. I write my goals in the morning and evening. I do keep a gratitude journal in the evening where I focus on five things from the day that I was grateful for. I meditate. Here's another woo-woo thing that I use, take it or leave it. I meditate using crystals, and I know some people eye roll at that. And, you know, there's plenty of uh, memes online these days. Like if you look at some of the political debates about Marianne Williamson and she's got to put a tariff on healing crystals and people think it's weird. Look, I'm not one of the people who believe that these rocks have like some sort of mystical healing powers. I don't know that to be the case. You know, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, like I like to have a lot of research. There's none out there on that. However, when I keep those small crystals in my pocket, you know, for me, I carry around a lot of pyrite or citrine because those are stones that are associated with abundance and manifestation. Occasionally, I'll use some rose quartz because that's really about your heart chakra and being open to love. I don't know if it does anything to change my life, although when I reach into my pocket and I feel that crystal in my pocket, it is a mental trigger for me to think, oh yeah, abundance, and to really get in a place of being grateful for the blessings I already have in my life. You know, so the crystals, if nothing else for me, are just a mental trigger that help me remind the intention that's associated with the stone. And if it's something that you're interested in, if you'd like me to do some more content on that, I can get some guests who specialize in that. Maybe it's something that we can do down the road. I know it's super woo-woo. It gets a bit of a, a, a negative rap. And again, Again, like anything else that I'm sharing, you can take these things and try them on and you can try it out for yourself. And it, my great hope is that you just take one of the things that I've shared today and you make that a daily habit for yourself. You know, an amplified life really starts with one new empowered habit. Start small, work your way up. There are times when I completely blow it. There are times I get caught up in my own bullshit and, you know, I want to sit there and have the days where I'm like, wow, there's nothing to be grateful for today. I do it from time to time too, but it's all about the consistency and showing up. And you grow where you're planted, right? 
let me know. You can join our Facebook community, the Life Amplified Power Tribe. You can leave a comment and share with me. What is the thing that you're going to try out this week? You can also let me know up on Instagram. And if you're looking for some more information on how you and I can take some of these concepts and really help you get clear on what's keeping you stuck, what's keeping you from building the new habits, what's keeping you from creating the goals that you want, you'll get absolutely clear on what's been holding you back. You're going to get 100% clear on your purpose and you are going to make so much massive progress in your life toward creating your amplified career in life. I do have some one-on-one VIP coaching available for September, limited spots. You can apply right now at my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. I love you so much for listening. Thank you for being part of this community. And I look forward to talking to you next week. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified.